Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include net production income for mortgage banks, an interview between Rob Chrisman and me on current trends in the mortgage ecosystem, and is economic activity really slowing? Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mobile-first technology for the modern mortgage lender. Nexus Closing delights home buyers with a convenient, single sign-on experience that makes it possible to close on a loan from anywhere. With automatic task notifications and e-sign capabilities, Nexus Closing helps lenders deliver modern convenience and hand over the keys on a high note. To learn more about Nexus Closing, visit simplenexus.com. The human brain is the most amazing organ in the human body. It works 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, from birth right up until the moment that you buy your first NFT. (laughs) Money, some say, makes the world go round. Last week, we all learned that net production income for independent mortgage bankers fell to a $301 loss, or 13 basis points, for all of 2022, according to the MBA, a series low for the index which began in 2008. Marina Walsh, MBA's VP of Industry Analysis sagely observed, quote, The stellar profits of the previous two years dissipated because of declining volume, lower revenues, and higher cost per loan. End quote. And the higher cost per loan hit $10,624 per loan, just for your record keeping. True, one and a half closed loans a month per production employee stinks. Loan Depot knows a thing or two about rough times, and the industry took note of its settlement and cooperation agreement with Anthony Shea its founder, chairman, former CEO, and largest shareholder. LD is now trading around $1.52 a share after having been over $22 a share soon after its IPO. The agreement is over Shea's desire to replace one of the members of the company's board of directors at its 2023 annual meeting. For the link to that story, as well as latest employment opportunities, lender and vendor products and services, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show, Rob Chrisman, to talk about current trends in the mortgage ecosystem. Companies are still continuing to downsize or proper right size, I guess you want to put it politically correctly. Like HomePoint this last week announced the shuttering of its wholesale channel. Why are companies waiting until the last possible minute to see if they can survive? Why have they not taken steps to right size until now? What's what's the calculus going on in executives' heads? My take is that it is similar to a, a gambler who, and I'm not necessarily comparing mortgage company owners to gamblers, but at some point you enter into a psychological situation where in gambling, there's always the f- sense that you want to make up what you just lost. And casinos will tell you that they make their money not so much on people losing money from the outset. It's from people trying to win back what they've already lost. And it is a common psychological problem that plagues gamblers. In mortgage lending or owning a mortgage company or owning a vendor, it isn't so much... I've lost and I need to make it back. It's 
I'm either going to outlast my competition or the pain of losing the company is so great that I'm going to hang on and try to turn the corner, the proverbial corner, until things get better. But things aren't necessarily getting better. And you have a lot of small and mid-sized companies out there who used to be mid-sized and large companies. And their owners are saying, all right, you know, we're entering the spring buying season or the summer buying season. And rates are what rates are. But, you know, we're going to pick up some market share. We keep trying to recruit loan officers. We keep trying to add branches. And the the old saying is is that hope springs eternal but hope is not a strategy in terms of business and in terms of the lending environment where we are now so there's a psychological component of lenders who are staying on perhaps longer than they should but that said i've heard from some lenders lately and some ceos and some owners saying you know we're tired enough's enough and let's let's move forward with plan b uh and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, i don't think that the home point news is by any stretch of the imagination the last news that we're going to hear about a company either shedding a channel or being acquired or just going out of business entirely i think we have a fair amount of that ahead and of course, with the summer approaching, nobody wants to be laying off slash right-sizing now. And then, gee, volume actually picks up. And now we have to go out into the market and hire underwriters, doctorators, processors, and funders, and so on, because of this upswing in volume. So, you know what, if, if you have a particular lender who's treading water right now, you know, a little bit up, a little bit down, they may be hanging on, hoping that things improve and they don't have to hire and they are appropriately staffed to, to achieve profits in May or June or July or August. I'm not going to ask you to break out your crystal ball because you and I both know well that there's only one expensively dressed and groomed individual in this mortgage industry that can purport to have a crystal ball. But you would think that with the spring traditional spring home buying season that we've seen the worst of volumes for this year. You have the Fed's peak Fed funds rate in theory is coming into view, especially more so with some of the stress that's been put on banks recently. Do you think that we've seen the worst of it for mortgage companies? Obviously, you and I both hope that's the case, but what's your gut telling you? Things are indeed scary slow right now. I, I had lunch with a loan officer recently who, you know, the loan officer said right from the outset, gosh, things are scary slow right now. And this is a loan officer who would be doing 10 or 15 fundings a day in recent memory and before, you know, before 2020 and 2021. So who was very successful and they have two loans in their pipeline. One is a purchase and one is a cash out deal where the borrower is moving from a two and three quarters, 30 year fixed rate loan 
to a 6% 30-year fixed rate loan because they need to take cash out because they're having they've they're having a family medical emergency and he uh, the borrower desperately needs the money. So and the HELOC rate is like 8 or 9%. So it still made sense to go to a 6% 30-year fixed rate mortgage. So there are deals to be had but I continue to hear problems with inventory. There's just not a lot of inventory out there. And I continue to hear about borrowers sitting on the sidelines in terms of interest rates, hoping they might come down. And But even if they come down dramatically, uh, you may have a situation where there's just no inventory to buy out there. So I don't think we've seen the worst yet, unfortunately. But that said, somebody's got to do a trillion or a trillion and a half of mortgages. I know the MBA came out with a $1.8 trillion estimate for 2023. I'd be surprised if we hit that, but somebody's got to go out there and do those loans. And so there is opportunity for certain lenders. Things are slow out there. So slow indeed that it seems after your opening paragraph, your commentary these days, either talks about your cat or where you are in America. You constantly harp on me to add value to my listeners. And for you, how do you feel like you are continuing to add value to your daily readership, especially in tough times? I like to think that I keep people informed. And I don't try to cram my opinion down people's throat. I try to give them facts and information that they can use in terms of the business environment in terms of who's doing what out there, in terms of what investors and lenders are offering, what kind of products. And they can use that information to help their borrowers or help their clients if they're vendors. And so I like to think that a lot of people in our industry are smart enough to take that information and do something with it rather than have me tell them what to do with it. So it's kind of like a scouting report for a, a quarterback against the opposing defense. You don't have to tell necessarily the quarterback what to do. You can show the quarterback and tell the quarterback, here's what the defense is going to look like and use your best skills to defeat it. The same with, you know, the information that, that goes out. Here's what different investors are doing. Here's what different lenders are doing. Here's what the economy is doing. I mean, here's what interest rates are doing. I'm not going to tell you what interest rates are going to do because I don't know, but I can tell you why they are doing what they're doing now. And you can use that information to help your borrower. The people want to hear your opinion. Like, let me ask you, uh, do you think Trump should be tried as an adult? No, I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding, listeners. Hey, uh, you've been through plenty of market cycles before. Those that emerge in the most successful positions from the, the trough of a market cycle, how are they, how do they position themselves? What, what are common trends that you've seen for people to emerge stronger as, as we come back toward the bright side of things in terms of origination volumes? Well, it's important to have a good core group of people who have been with you through, through thick or thin. And I think as 2022 wound up, unfortunately, some companies were letting go people who had been with them for a number of years and who were tried and true, but it's still a people business and it's still important to have coworkers 
and people who work for you or people that you're working for who you respect and who are knowledgeable and who can add to the corporate culture, whatever that corporate culture is. And it's nice to let, be able to leverage the technology that's out there now and, and help your borrowers or help your clients through that. But it's still a people business. And so when you talk about what kind of traits companies have that emerge from pretty dark, dark times or a down business cycle into an up business cycle, a lot of it comes down to the people that are still with you and your ability to trust your teammates and rely on them to do their part in, in coming out of the business cycle. Well, let me close by asking you, we know you'll be at the MBA secondary in New York here in about five weeks or so. Anything on, on tap in your travels until then? Yeah. Tuesday, I head up to uh, a Washington Association of Mortgage Professionals event in Seattle. And then from there, I go to the MBA Stratmore peer group meetings in Atlanta. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I think that uh, I have some business meetings scheduled for the toward the end of April. But I'm looking forward to the MBA Stratmore peer group meetings because you really get a sense of what's going on in there. You're spending time with the lenders who are there and just having off the record informal conversations about what they're seeing. And sometimes those are the best. Quite exciting, but maybe not as exciting as me taking my single speed bicycle from Manhattan to Chicago over the Appalachians in early May. You think I'll make it or you think I'll cry home for mama? I think you're, I think you're a great bicyclist and I think you'll make it. Let's hope so. All right. Thanks for taking the time today. Anytime. Economic data over the last week supported the narrative that the labor market has begun to cool. While the non-farm payrolls report showed job gains that were still above the pre-pandemic average, the pace was the lowest since 2020 and significantly below recent trends. Labor force participation increased, resulting in slower earnings growth and near a level the Fed might consider to be consistent with a balanced labor market. Meanwhile, manufacturers continue to lay off workers and the pace of hiring for service industry jobs has slowed. The number of job openings per unemployed has fallen from nearly 2 per person to 1.67, a 15-month low. As economic activity slows, businesses are seeing some price relief. Both ISM showed a decline in the prices paid index for March, although the services sector has a ways to go before it is near the Fed's target inflation range. Should these trends continue, it would signal the slowdown is firmly in place, and the end of the current monetary tightening cycle is apparent. Today's calendar is already underway with NFIB Small Business Optimism, which came in roughly unchanged, and later this morning brings Redbook same-store sales, a treasury auction of $40 billion of three-year notes, and three Fed president speakers are currently scheduled. Chicago's Goolsby, Philadelphia's Harker, and Minneapolis's Kashkari. We begin the day with agency MBS prices better by a few ticks, and the 10-year yielding 3.39 after closing yesterday at 3.42%. The two-year currently sits at 3.98%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Did Presbyterian Church call the meeting to decide what to do about their squirrel infestation? After much prayer and consideration, they concluded that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they shouldn't interfere with God's divine will.
At the Baptist church, the squirrels had taken an interest in the baptistry. The deacons met and decided to put a water slide on the baptistry and let the squirrels drown themselves. The squirrels liked the slide and knew instinctively how to swim, so twice as many squirrels showed up the following week. The Lutheran church decided that they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures, so they humanely trapped their squirrels and set them free near the Baptist church. Two weeks later, the squirrels were back when the Baptists took down the water slide. The Episcopalians tried a much more unique path by setting out pans of whiskey around their church in an effort to kill the squirrels with alcohol poisoning. They sadly learned how much damage a band of drunk squirrels can do. But the Catholic Church came up with a very creative strategy. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of the church. Now they only see them at Christmas and Easter. (laughs) And not much has been heard from the Jewish synagogue. They took the first squirrel and circumcised him. They haven't seen a squirrel since. (laughs) Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, incentive compensation, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus, an Encino company, visit simplenexus.com. About the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.